Well, a pleasant hello to you, and welcome to the Shellac Stack. My name is Brian Wright, your host for this little musical variety hour featuring 78 RPM records from my collection. It's music from the first half of the 20th century. On today's program, I think I've got a pretty good assortment of 78s from the 1920s, 30s, and 40s for you. We're going to start with a trio of Capitol records made in the early 1940s. Up first, it's a band leader of whom George Simon wrote, quote, He had so many talents he didn't know what to do. He arranged, composed, sang, played trumpet, guitar, trombone, and piano, and announced every number his band played. He also gave up a lucrative career as a Hollywood studio musician to start his band, which featured his arrangements, some very good, and some that sounded as if they'd been written to meet a deadline. <laughs> well, George Simon goes on to write, quote, His original band was one of the most slovenly-looking crews I ever saw on any bandstand. Unquote. It seems that that lack of discipline may have led to the dissolution of the orchestra, after only a few years, it seems to have enjoyed its peak of popularity at about the time this record was made in Los Angeles on May 4, 1942. This is Bobby Sherwood and his orchestra, and probably his best-known record, The Elks Parade. Thank you. 
That's Betty Hutton singing with Paul Weston and his orchestra, Capitol Record number 188 from about 1944, the Irving Berlin song Blue Skies. I like that record, but sometimes I find that as a singer, Betty Hutton can be a little too, (laughs) shall we say, over the top in her delivery. Somewhere I have a DVD with the Vitaphone film short by Vincent Lopez and his orchestra from the late 1930s. Betty Hutton is the featured vocalist there, and she's all energy. She's just a flaming ball of exuberance. But in my mind, it comes off as being just a little too much sometimes. It's a lot to take in. Be that as it may, I like this record, Blue Skies. Before that, Benny Carter and his orchestra, Capitol Record number 200 from May 21st, 1944, I Surrender Dear. And we started off the set in Los Angeles, a recording made there May 4th, 1942, Bobby Sherwood and his orchestra, The Elks Parade. It's a real early Capitol record, number 107. And as a little side note, the Elks Parade has something of a soft spot in my heart. When I was a young teenager just getting interested in this music, I traded cassette tapes with a gentleman in Kentucky, Nolan Porterfield. You may recognize him as the world's leading authority on country singer Jimmy Rogers. In any case, we traded tapes maybe once a month on which we'd play 78 RPM records from our collections and talk about the music and life in general, and Nolan Porterfield started every one of his tapes to me with the Elks Parade. It was something of a theme song for him. 
So I would hear those opening drum beats and be filled with anticipation for all the good music I'd hear in the hour ahead. And in this case, I hope that the Elks Parade will set the stage for a good musical hour. I'm having fun so far. I hope you are too. My name is Brian Wright. This is the Shellac Stack, for those of you just joining us, a program on which I play 78 RPM records from my collection. Up next, I have an unusual record. I picked this up about three or four years ago at a used record shop in Pittsburgh. I saw the label and was intrigued. It posed something of a mystery. It's a black label with gold printing. The gold is a little bit faded. But it bears the famous Victor Batwing border design. But the fonts and everything else says that this is not a standard Victor record. In fact, this is a custom pressing that RCA made in about the early 1940s. I noticed that when I picked this up, that the matrix number, the style of it, and just the physical characteristics of the record were not consistent with records pressed in the 19-teens or 20s. No, you could tell immediately that this was something from later on, even if it bears that early-style Batwing design. The label states that this is the Jacko Victory Song. No, I'm not cursing here. Jacko. (laughs) It's spelled J-A-H-C-O. It's performed by the Reno and Jacko Melody Boys, and it says below that, composed and arranged by Roy Cameron, associate of Jack and Heinz. H-E-I-N-T-Z. Well, I started looking for this on Google and really couldn't find much at all about the record. Other search engines similarly returned no results. Some searching through old newspaper archives, though, for the term Jacko, because that's kind of a weird thing, turned up a few hits. In 1942, it seems that Jacko, which I think stands for Jack and Heinz, J-A-C coming from William S. Jack and the H from Heinz and then Co. at the end, Jacko was a manufacturer of airplane starters and autopilot equipment during World War II. But it seems that in about 1942, they ran afoul of public opinion. They were accused of war profiteering. William S. Jack was found to be paying his employees very, very well, and himself also, and producing airplane parts that the government claimed should have costed about $220 a piece, but in reality, they were being sold to the government for around $600 a piece. In a lengthy article that appeared in a Cleveland-area newspaper, Jack defended his company and claimed that he was not ripping off the government, that they had vastly miscalculated what these parts were worth. In any case, it seems that to try to sway public opinion back on their side, they may have recorded and pressed this record, the Jacko Victory Song, in which you'll hear members of the Jacko team singing about how they are fighting for Uncle Sam and leading the country to victory with the products that they manufacture. Okay, let's listen to the record now. Here's the Jacko Victory Song from about 1943. 
Well, interesting though it may be, I don't think I'm going to come back to the story of Jacko again anytime soon on the shellac stack, so <laughs> I went ahead and played both sides of the record for you. Credited on the label as the Reno and Jacko Melody Boys, we started with the Jacko Victory song, then flipped the record over and heard the Reno, Reno Polka. Both of those were composed by Roy Cameron, and I figure the record dates from about 1943. Now, in Reno and Jacko, I don't know yet what the Reno is about. As far as I can tell, the Jacko plant was located in or around Cleveland, Ohio. So, Reno? I'm not sure. Up next, I have a pair of records that I hope will bring a smile to your face. I, I always hope that all of them do, but these two in particular. First, from March of 1941... It's Mozart's Queen of the Night aria from his opera The Magic Flute, and performed here as only she can do it, here's Florence Foster Jenkins.
chère, ma chère, jolie toujours contraire, donnez-moi le donner chef, donnez, donnez, be half safe. Chérie, chérie, you look like Ginotri, your figure is like Trigger, ma chérie. Bon vivant, vivant, bon mot, mot. Bon vivant, mon robio. What the hell, girl, cherry. good records well i think so you may beg to differ <laughs> we started with florence foster jenkins on a self-produced melotone record not even a catalog number on the label there from march of 1941 she was singing the queen of the night aria from mozart's the magic flute i should hope at this point i don't need to tell you much about florence foster jenkins there was a wonderful film about her life a few years ago starring meryl streep if you haven't seen it i recommend it highly In the meantime, suffice it to say, she fancied herself something of an opera singer and financed her own recordings, and, uh, well, she did manage to sell out Carnegie Hall shortly before her death, so there's something to be said there. (laughs) It does bring a smile to my face. After that, we heard Spike Jones and his City Slickers, an RCA Victor record, number 20-3620 from 1949, Freddie Morgan and Sir Frederick Gass, the vocalists on Morpheus based on a melody by Jacques Offenbach. Not long ago, I was at the Scott Joplin Festival in Sedalia, Missouri, and this year there was a concert spotlighting the music of Fats Waller. 
So I was thinking about Fat Swaller, and I pulled a few records out having to do with him. First, we'll hear Johnny Guarnieri's All-Star Orchestra, a Savoy record from 1944. Johnny Guarnieri's own composition, Salute to Fats. After that, we'll hear Mel Powell at the piano in one of his own compositions. He recorded this in Paris in 1945. It's called Homage to Fat Swaller. And then I thought we should hear from the man himself, Fat Swaller at the piano with his Viper's Drag, a Victor record that he made on November 16, 1934. So three records having to do with Fat Swaller now, beginning with Johnny Guarnieri's All-Star Orchestra. Salute to Fats. <laughs> Thank you. 
there's one of the all-time classic stride piano records, Fats Waller playing his own Viper's Drag. He recorded that for the Victor label in New York on November 16, 1934. My copy is Victor 27768. Before that, Mel Powell recording in Paris at the tail end of World War II in mid-1945. He was over there with Glenn Miller's Army Air Force Band and recorded his Homage to Fats Waller. My copy of that was pressed in England on the Esquire label, record 10-199. And we started off with Johnny Guarnieri's All-Star Orchestra, a Savoy record, number 511, from April 18, 1944, Salute to Fats. Three records featuring three great pianists all playing in the style of Fats Waller. Okay, let's continue now. I have a record that was pressed on the Canadian Crown label, not to be confused with the American Crown label, the product of Eli Oberstein in the early 1930s. No, the Canadian Crown label was a product of the Compo Company, and they seem to have primarily reissued material recorded in New York by the Plaza and ARC labels, labels like Banner, Regal, Cameo, those things. Indeed, this recording was made in New York on June 26, 1929. The vocalist on the label is credited as Betty Leslie. Well, (laughs) I don't think there was a Betty Leslie. The vocalist here is really Helen Richards. Now, that is not much more helpful because I couldn't turn up much about Helen Richards. I don't even know if for sure that was her real name. But there was a Helen Richards who sang frequently on radio in the New York area in 1929 and 1930. She was most famous for singing St. Louis Blues, it seems, but she performed regularly over station WABC and made a small handful of recordings for the Plaza Group of Labels. I like Helen Richards, at least I like her on this record. The song is called I'm Disappointed in You. It's Crown 81153. After that, we'll hear something from the Crooning Cavaliers on the Cameo label, and a little later on we'll turn to Sam Lannan's dance orchestra, but first up, here's Helen Richards, a.k.a. Betty Leslie, I'm Disappointed in You. And pay particular attention to the last stanza of this. It's a hoot. Oh, 
lives on the cloud. Oh, honey, I'm so disappointed in you.
smile for me. Old man sunshine, little boy bluebird, sing a song of those I long to see. For while the sheep's in the meadow, the cow's in the corn, here in the shadows, I'm sad and good, snappy, straight-ahead dance record of the late 1920s, Sam Lannan's orchestra, Old Man Sunshine, Little Boy Bluebird. The recognizable vocalist there, Irving Kaufman, he's credited on the label as George Beaver. That record was made in New York about July 20th, 1928. My copy is on banner 7186. Before that, we heard from the crooning Cavaliers, Wood and Turner, whoever they were, from December of 1927, Pretty nice cameo record, 1286, Rollin' Home was the song. And we started with Helen Richards singing under the pseudonym of Betty Leslie on this Canadian pressing, I'm Disappointed in You, recorded in New York, June 26th, 1929. Now, did you catch the last stanza there? (laughs) This copy has got a bit of a grainy surface, which makes it hard to hear the vocalist clearly, but she says, There's a light that lies in your loving eyes, but it just lies and lies. You're the kind who drives girls to suicide. Now I'm wise. You look so meek, but I've found you've put three wives underground. Oh, honey, I'm so disappointed in you. (laughs) An understatement, if ever I heard one. But that's what I love about some of these songs of the late 1920s and early 30s. And no, I'm not condoning violence or suicide, but rather just the wackiness and the zaniness and the understatement. It's, uh, I guess, delightful? Is that the right word? In its own way, it's fun in any case. Well, I think so. Helen Richards, aka Betty Leslie, I'm Disappointed in You. And I have heard other versions of that song from that era, and none of them contain that last stanza. Well, we have time for two more records on today's shellac stack, and we'll turn first to Art Kahn's orchestra, Not really. (laughs) That's what it says on the label, but this is actually Nye Mayhew's orchestra, Perfect 15891, from February 2nd, 1934. Douglas Newman is the vocalist on If I Didn't Care. And as you'll hear, this is not the same song that was made so popular a few years later by the Ink Spots. No, this is a different song called If I Didn't Care. We'll follow that with a record by the Hudson Delange Orchestra, Bugle Call Rag. This was recorded for the master label, MA125, March of 1937. 
And this goes out to a gentleman in Australia, Terry, who asked to hear something by the Hudson Delange Orchestra. But first up, here's Nye Mayhew, If I Didn't Care. Thank you. 
good swingy record to go out on. That's the Hudson DeLange Orchestra from 1937, Bugle Call Rag. Before that, from 1934, Nye Mayhew's Orchestra, If I Didn't Care. Well, this has been fun this hour. We should do this again sometime. (laughs) I think we will. In the meantime, if you enjoyed the program, I hope you'll help to spread the word to your family and friends. Perhaps they would enjoy tuning in and listening to these 78s with us as well. Until next time, though, this is Brian Wright saying thanks again for joining me. Take care and bye-bye. Thank you.